there are certain practices that people use to get ahead mm. that are contrary to Christian values and stuff. Mm. And we've had to stick by our Christian values and lose out on lucrative deals. Mm. But sometimes when we lose out on those deals, God brings something our way that's much, much bigger than that. Welcome back to another episode of Capture the Thoughts. Today we're joined by a trailblazing creative entrepreneur, Keith Kouzai, who is the managing director of K-Media, a multimedia company which houses Radiant Culture and Comics Boasts. Welcome, Keith. Thank you for having me. Cool. I'm quite excited. (laughs) We're excited too. We're like just jumping up and down. (laughs) Awesome. So if you could describe yourself in a sentence, just a simple sentence, not a long winding sentence, (laughs) how would you describe yourself? Ah, That's a tough one. Um, I think I would say I'm an introverted extrovert Mm -hmm. that likes to start and manage things. Okay. Yes. Wow. Simple and straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> Not an extroverted introvert? No, no, no. Introverted <laughs> extrovert. <laughs> okay. So that distinction is important. Yeah. And so tell me about your background and your upbringing. Yeah. And what shaped you? Um, background in terms of? How you grew up. Okay. Yeah. So I come from a family of six kids. Mm. Yeah. Come from Mutari. Small town boy. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. only moved to Harare when I was 10. Uh, and yeah, it was a big culture shock. The city <laughs> lights and everything. <laughs> and the the fast-paced life was quite a culture shock. Yeah. Come from a Christian family. My father was actually... Um, uh, what do you call it? Head of the choir uh, at the church. We, we grew up Anglican. And he was quite renowned in the Anglican circles as a um, choir conductor and he used to organize the choir um, countrywide, which was quite quite awesome. So, yeah, my dad always used to go to choir competitions and stuff like that. So church was, uh, you know, a normal thing growing up. So I come from a very Christian uh, family where, you know, prayer and everything, all those values were instilled. And a very academic, my my father wasn't, he had like, I think five degrees, so he was, wow. he was an academic. <laughs> <laughs> so very academic, the standards were very high growing up. And yeah, that was pretty much my upbringing. Yeah, government school boy all the way. So <laughs> I don't relate to private school kids. <laughs> wow. Um, you said that the standards were very high. Did yeah. you feel the pressure to live up to those standards? Absolutely. And it was made known. Like, like they were like, um, what what do we call them? Like, standards, like thresholds. Like, you can't get lower than your siblings. Yo. Kind of. So the pressure was high academically. Sounds very competitive. Yeah. And then <laughs> to make it worse is like... My brother, who, because I'm, so I'm the last born in my family of six. Mm. So the one that I come after, he had just clocked A's for A level. So I had that pressure. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shame. And coming from a Christian family, I mean, yeah. obviously you need to make a decision of your own um, to yeah. commit to Christ. And how did that come about for you? What was your journey to salvation for yourself? Okay. And having a relationship with Christ. Yeah, so I I generally grew up a 
a good boy. <laughs> yeah, typically known as a goody two shoes. <laughs> Were you one of those people who snitched? <laughs> no, I didn't necessarily snitch, but I was one of those people when people are being naughty, I would pull myself away. Mm. I wouldn't snitch on them, but I wouldn't. When they get caught, I'll just be like, I told you. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of thing. So I wasn't the snitch, but I didn't really like to partake in obviously as a kid you're always naughty but there are certain limits to me there's certain things i'll just be like "Mm, no guys i'm not gonna go that far so but then there comes a time when you become a teenager and you're influenced by what you watch what you Mm. read what you listen to that there was a period of rebellion um in my life where i really got into the hip-hop culture Mm. and that shaped the way I thought, the way I dressed, the way I talked. I remember um, writing stuff down in in the dining room and I forgot to take it with me. And it was late at night, so I was learning how to write raps and I was writing stuff. And I left it in the (laughs) dining room and I went to sleep and my dad would wake up very early and he rose up, saw this paper, I was like, huh, what's this? And to his shock and horror there were all these profanities and yeah so it already like shaped I, I, I think I lived a double life uh, when I became a teenager in that at home I still had the goody two shoes very polite boy like the neighbors and family would oh this kid is a very young polite young man but at school or out there with friends I had this gangster persona my language changed, the way I walked changed and everything. But then 50 meters away from home, you switch <laughs> to the little goody tissues. <laughs> that must have been exhausting keeping that up. Yes, yes, yeah. And so, yeah, so I had a period where, especially early, early teenage years, I'd say 13 to 15, where I was quite, you know, rebellious, pretty much deep into hip-hop culture the way i viewed life the way i viewed women was very distorted through that lens Mm -hmm. and yeah the activities like i wasn't um i don't want to sanitize it but i I wasn't like a very naughty kid but i was a very curious kid so Mm -hmm. i still was i still didn't drink uh never did probably never will (laughs) so alcohol for me was always a no-no smoking i tried once i choked i never tried it again (laughs) so certain things i didn't do um but you you know the whole you know slipping out of the house and going to a party or to the club yeah i was in a club for the first time at 15 Mm. yeah you know that sort of thing but even in that i still had Parameters, and I guess it's sort of also the bringing that I, upbringing that I got was I kind of knew the limits. So yes, I knew some of the things I was doing wrong, but I wouldn't go to certain you know extents and that sort of thing. So that was kind of like my lifestyle. And but then just probably just to track back a little bit. So growing up Anglican, there's this thing where you have to go for confirmation classes so i went through that and that was a really life-changing experience for me where i felt like i got closer to god and then when i became a teenager i kind of felt like i was moving away from god but i still had that thing behind me saying no no 
you're kind of lost kid you need to go back to god you need to go back to god and i'm like literally i would speak to myself like yeah, i'll do that later i'll do that later i just want to enjoy a little bit you know i'm a teenager just, just a little bit of fun but i had that at the back of my head like you know i need to get right with god i need to go back to being you know close to god as i was back then so i had that lingering but then i was really passionate because it was the beginning of what we call the urban grooves movement and i was really part of that mm-hmm. You know, going to the studios, making friends with people who were part of that early movement. There was just this movement. And then going out to perform at clubs, at different parties and stuff. It was exciting. It was really, really exciting. So I would, yeah, it was, there was just that battle, the lure of, you know, the glitz and the glam and what's happening and this movement rising. And also having that thing at the back of your head, like, nah, God doesn't really approve this. (laughs) This is not it. (laughs) So it came to a point where literally a friend of mine who was part of this whole movement and, you know, really steeped in hip hop culture. um, So we used to have these things in high school called rallies. I don't know if they still happen, like Christian rallies. So it was, it's pretty much like a sort of like a mini conference at a school. So different schools would come and there'll be like a guest speaker and that sort of thing. And there'll be praise and worship and that sort of thing. So for high school kids, I went to an old boys school. I went to Prince Edward school. So we, it was an opportunity to see girls. So if you go to a rally, so this friend, (laughs) I didn't particularly go to this rally, but he went to this rally with the intent that, oh, they're going to be. You know, girls like girls, convent girls or whatever mm. at the schools there. So people would, you know, go there for the wrong reasons. Mm. But then he went there and on that particular one, um, uh, a man who became a very good friend of mine, his name was uh, Ivan Mawaride, was preaching. Mm. And he had this uh, organization he had just started called World Changers, where they would go into schools and preach. Oh. And he did it in a very different way in that he he made it relevant to young people. So even the way he dressed, he dressed like young people. He became relatable. He used slang in the way he preached. He could connect with young people. Mm. So he went there looking for chicks, but he found Jesus on on that particular one. So his life completely changed. He gave his life. He he, he responded to the altar call and he just changed. So this is a guy who we were talking about girls in a certain way the day before and on the next day i'm busy trying trying to tell him hey i met this chick and this is what <laughs> i was thinking and the guy's like ah oh, brah brah i'm not a, I'm, not, I'm not about that life anymore i'm like what dude <laughs> you? just yesterday and then we i remember it's just him and a few others but the rest of us because we're kind of like a crew we're still you know in our old ways. Mm-hmm. I remember giving them an ultimatum like, ah, it won't last. Give them a month, they'll be back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I so happened to always sit with this guy in most of our classes. So every day he'll be hammering to me, where are you going to go when you, when, you, when you die? Are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah, we're young, we're trying to have fun. Why are you bringing all this stuff up? But he would always ask me that question, always. And then remember, I had that little voice that you need to get right with God. Yeah. It became louder and louder and louder until one day I was literally asleep and I woke up and I saw a bright light. I don't, it's just bright white light. And 
I heard a voice that just said, follow me. Hmm. Wow. Middle of the night. Wow. And then I just woke up. I tried to go back to bed, but I couldn't really get back to bed. So I kept pondering on pondering on it, pondering on it. And then eventually woke up to go to school and I could hear that voice louder, louder saying, follow me, do as I say, do as I say. So I used to cut a lot of corners sometimes when I was getting prepared to go to school and that voice say, no, no, do that properly. No, 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 do that properly. And I'm like, what's happening to me? And then I went to school, talked to my friend and says, hey, we've got this awesome youth group at this church. Um, come through. And I went there. I asked my mom, which was very like, my mom didn't let me out of the house. So sometimes that's why I used to sneak out <laughs> and stuff. So I asked my mom and surprisingly, she said, yes, because they used to have it at night. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I was like, well, that's odd. She never lets me out of the house at night. Um, and then I went to the youth group and at that particular service, they had these guys who had a music store. It doesn't exist anymore, yeah. but it was called Cross Gold. And they were talking about music and how, you know, it affects culture and the way we see things. And they started playing Christian rap. I didn't know it existed. And I'm steeped in this hip hop rap culture. I'm blown away. I'm like, you can rap for <laughs> Jesus my gosh you know what i mean and it blew me away and i'm like so what why am i trying to fit into this thing that's you know so contrary to god when i know where i'm supposed to be so there i just decided to come to that youth group and a few weeks later i gave my christ my my life to christ wow yeah that is amazing yeah and so how is your salvation impacted your identity or your sense of self? Like, how has it impacted how you think of yourself and think of who you are? I think it's, yeah, it's had a significant impact because it's it's changed the way I view myself. It's changed the way I view everyone else. So I had a very strong even as a uh, young, young kid, a very strong, I don't want to say arrogance, but I, oh, is it confidence? <laughs> but I, I always thought I was better than everyone else. An overconfidence? An overconfidence, <laughs> yes. I always thought, I, would, I wouldn't show it, but in my head, I would think that. Um, funny enough, because I never went to crash. Uh, or nursery school. My parents didn't believe in that. Like none of us went to that. So straight to grade one. And I'm in this class and, most of these kids know each other from preschool and stuff like that. And we go through the year and I'm like, ah, y'all think you're better than me because you went to crash. I'm going to show you. And I came first in <laughs> wow. grade one in, wow. in, in class. So it was now like I was the kid to beat. So I would typically do well also because of the pressure at home or the academic <laughs> pressure and stuff. But I always viewed myself as better than anyone. Like even when I went to school, I always got into the first team because I thought no one is better than me. I am getting in here. Wow. Yeah. So I had that. But it's sort of, even when I became a rapper, I was like, there's no rapper better than me. And <laughs> Zim, that, that was sort of like the attitude I had. <laughs> so it changed the way I viewed myself, um, learning to be humble, learning to see myself as God, to say, yes, I am excellent, but doesn't mean I was created in the excellence 
um, excellency of God, but it doesn't mean I am better than everyone else. Mm -hmm. So it led me to see the potential in other people that shifted my my view, to see the value in other people, which impacted the way I I do everything and even my career. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Before see? it was all about me, but now it's all about how do I make the best of others? Wow. Yeah. That is a radical shift. Yeah. You humbled yourself. <laughs> yes, it took, <laughs> took some time. Took some time. <laughs> and so let's talk about your purpose journey. I mean, how did you discover your purpose and how have you seen God leading you through it? Yeah, I think um, I didn't intentionally know it was my purpose, but I think intrinsically I could sense it that I felt like um, I was called to be a creative. Mm. Like from early days, I would write books and my dad would be amazed at some of the things I would write. Um, I would make demo tapes at home, you know, of me rapping or whatever it is. Um, and somehow I had a sense of seriousness about it, which was weird. And even my family was just like, why is this guy so serious about this? Yet he's good in school, but he's trying to do this music thing. And I was quite serious about it. I mean, at age 14, I went walking throughout town the whole day looking for recording studios. Wow. Yeah, at 14. At commitment. Yes, I was quite serious. I was like, no, no, I can do this. But I was still backing those. I'm better than anyone. Kind of thing. So I would hear stuff on radio. I'm like, no, I'm better than, guy, that, than that guy. I'm going to look for a studio and record and show him. So that sort of... Um, so I had a keen interest in the whole creative, especially music and, and, and writing and literature. I used to write short stories and Stuff. I used to literally like um, there was this magazine back in the day that was called Parade. I don't know if people. I know. <laughs> I know. It, yeah. I've seen it lying around <laughs> growing up. <laughs> so I would take it, and then I would take like uh, my own pieces of paper, and then I would take other magazines and cut out mm. stuff. And I would. I don't know how I did it. But I, th I think it was just in me. I would write an article, like literally with pen, write an article mm -hmm. and find a picture from another magazine that kind of portrays what I've written in that article and take my glue and create my own little magazine. Wow. Yes. So it was just like, I, I just would do that because, like I said, my mom never used to let me out of the house. So mm -hmm. stuck in my bedroom, what do I do? I come up with all these ideas yes, and write yeah. and stuff like that. So... Yeah, I always had an inclination of being a creative, so I started pursuing that. But I also, that's why I said I'm an um, introverted extrovert who's a starter and manager of things. I always had ideas and would start things. Mm. I remember there's um, a trend I always tell my, you know, the people I work with that people don't know I started that trend. So there was a time where I thought, okay, People like, this is a really cool place. Um, it was a place in Eastleigh called Waterworld. Like, this is a really cool place. Why don't people have parties here? So I started, a, I did an event. It wasn't that well attended, but it had some people. Learned a lot of things. I failed in a lot of things. But I had this idea, roped in a few people, and I was literally only 15 years old. Wow. Yes. I literally went and I negotiated contracts with people. And funny enough, I... 
I look back and I'm like, were those guys nuts? They could see I'm a small boy. Why did they agree to this? I went to Waterworld and I said, look, I want to do a party. I don't have money to hire a thing. Let's split 50-50. They agreed. I went to a sound guy and I said, look, I don't have money to hire your sound system. Mm-hmm. But I can pay you afterwards. And the guy agreed. Yo. Which was weird. So I then started seeing that I have a gift of negotiation, negotiation and persuading people mm-hmm. and me helping them buy into a vision. So I would paint the picture very well. And the guys would buy it. I went to a guy who was a graphic designer who had a print shop and I told him, I will pay you after. Print 50 <laughs> posters for me. And the guy did it. Wow. <laughs> Like and that is, we that put is them, a gift. <laughs> yeah, and we put them out and we had this event called Summer Bounce. And fast forward, there were so many Waterworld, like Simmer used to have things at some at Waterworld and different, you know, promoters started having but it started a trend. So I lost my shit. I thought, what was I doing? Oh <laughs> my purpose, purpose, yes. Training, yeah. So I used to start things. I used to start things. I started a rap group with my friends and that sort of thing. And then in on my Form 4 holiday thing, I started a record label. Mm, wow. Yes, I started a record label. Form 4, you must have been 16. Yes. <laughs> so I started this record label and literally I negotiated, literally had this uh, guy. He was much older than me. Uh, people now know him as Take Fizo, Take 5. <laughs> and literally persuaded him, dude, let's start a record label. And he had some equipment, so we set it up at his house. It was called That Squad Entertainment, which eventually became Chamembe. Mm. And yeah, I then got born again and got out of that (laughs) picture. (laughs) But I was starting things. I was just starting things. But if also, I noticed that trend that the things that I used to start were in the creative sector. Mm. So I had that gift. When I got born again, I actually stopped rapping. I actually stopped all creative things because I kind of thought ah, it's connected to my past. So yeah. that sort of thing. Until I heard a sermon um, where, you know, Pastor Tom DeShaw was preaching about, you know, Davy's mighty man and this guy called Benaiah who approached an Egyptian enemy. And the first thing he did was he took the enemy's spear and he used that to stab him. Mm. And just a revelation. And he just said, someone is, you know, God is telling me someone needs to use the enemy's spear against him. Mm. And the revelation came to me. I'm like, I shouldn't be running away from the music and the creative. I'm supposed to be using it to against the enemy to mm. advance the kingdom of mm. God. So that's when I went back into it. And I just started serving in church, every creative department, TV, sound, uh, dance. Um, theater, whatever creative department I could join, I would join, humbled myself, served, learned, and started growing in the church. So I mainly my creative my creative gifting was serving in the church, um, but I wasn't really clear what exactly God wanted me to do until I had another crazy moment. Middle of the night, no lights this time, but that voice again, audible, just says, "Wake up." I'm like, what? Wake up, find a book and a pen. So I grabbed this, you know, those bank diaries that yeah. you used to get you know, from a bank. And this is a, it's like a diary. And took the, a pen that was close to it. And I just started writing. And it just started dictating. It just started dictating and just confirming, saying, I want to use you in the creative sector. I want you to use you in the creative sector. Wow. And... Um, from then I was just convicted that this is my purpose. Again, I knew what it was, but it wasn't clear how it would work out. 
where is it in the church am i going to start something but i just then just you know trusted god and the journey just became much more clearer as i went wow yeah wow and so were were there ever moments that you doubted this calling over your life um and how did you center yourself and you know get back to to that point of trusting absolutely like um there were several times like i must like to start things and most of the times they fail <laughs> yeah most of the times they fail and then you start thinking hmm was that really a voice from god or it was just something that i just heard or was i going a bit crazy <laughs> was it my imagination imagination exactly yeah. so you start doubting that but then you go back to that notebook that diary and you read out and you're like no and it 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 just comes back again that conviction that certainty just comes back again and then you also see start looking back at some of the things that have worked and just how god has aligned you how you're a part of this church and you have now a relationship with that person and that and these opportunities are available you're just like no 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 this is definitely um god so it's going back to those words going back to the bible mm-hmm. there was a time i was very and still am like um just had an urgency to say i just need to read this bible and really understand it so i, I read the entire bible in 3 months mm-hmm. and i just started making it um a habit now sometimes it takes me longer sometimes it <laughs> takes me a year sometimes 6 months but Yeah, I make it a habit that there's no day like I feel weird without reading the Bible, going a, a full day without reading the Bible. It's like yeah, it's like something it's like not eating. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just feel weird. Yeah, the, the few days that happen, you know, life happens, you know, things are hectic and then at the end of the day you're so tired and then you're like, but I feel weird. I feel empty. What happened? What did I not do today? Ah, oh, I didn't get in the word. Mm. So getting in the word kind of centers me it kind of brings me and it and the like literally the word literally jumps out wow when i read beautiful. it yeah it literally jumps out wow and it reminds me no nope, in the wrong direction <laughs> turn that way or sometimes it's affirming all you have to do is keep persevering you're right in the, in the right direction keep going wow yeah that's amazing and so you out of all of your creative enterprises and your accomplishments what would you say is the one thing that you can look back and be like yes you know this is my baby <laughs> okay maybe not your baby yeah. god's baby yeah. but you know what i mean yeah yeah um radiant culture i must say radiant culture is the thing that i'm most proud of mm. um because and funny enough um so radiant culture is part of uh the business that i co-own with with a few friends um uh called K Media mm. but Radiant Culture doesn't make any money <laughs> <laughs> but it's our most like we're so proud of that because of mm. the impact because it wasn't designed to make money anyway uh the impact that it has um so everything else that we do is literally there to support Radiant Culture um so yeah that's that's it mainly because it's it's what i felt god wanted me to do to um to impact people through you know media mm-hmm. and at first it started off as a magazine cuz i was so passionate about magazines 
I started off as an idea of a magazine and I tried to do it and I didn't have the money, like printing costs and all that stuff. And then I parked it. But God would always remind me, God would always remind me. And then in 2016, it was, yeah. Um, so 2015, at the end of 2015, I resigned from a very good job. I was a manager at a company car, everything. And, but I was unsettled. And my wife knew the calling that I had. And she says, like, but you're not living your calling. You know what I mean? You've gone corporate. Yes, you're supporting us and whatever. But I can sense the unhappiness in you. Um, maybe you should go out and do what God wants you to do. Go and start a media company. Wow. And I left my job. 2016, I'm trying to figure out, God, what do I do? What do I do? That thing again. Magazine, magazine. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, God. I don't have the money. <laughs> you know, That sort of thing. Until a friend of mine started talking to me about websites. And started teaching me, or well, started observing him, so because he had just come from university, and he started a business where he would do websites for other people. He started showing me, oh, this thing called WordPress, and this is how you, you know, work on WordPress and stuff. And then he just clicked, and I'm like, I don't need to print the magazine; I can start a website. So Radiant Culture literally started the idea as a website. But then I was like, no, but I need more engaging content. Mm -hmm. And I'd only always been passionate about music and radio, so I thought radio station. But then again, like magazine printing and whatever, I need equipment, I need licenses, and you know how difficult it is to get a license for it's a radio a, station in Zim. It is a nightmare. <laughs> and then a friend of mine sent me a link to a podcast that he had been interviewed on, a South African podcast mm. called Cliff Central. Mm. And it's like, hey, check out this interview I had on Cliff Central. And I got the link. As soon as I opened it, the idea came. It was like, podcast. There we go. Light bulb moment. Exactly. Light bulb moment. But then I was like, no, but I can't host that podcast because I'm an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, ah, who are my two most extroverted Christian friends? So that was Tanya and Kuda. Mm -hmm. And I quickly called them. I'm like, guys, I've got this idea. And to my surprise, they were on board. They're like, let's do this. Wow. And seven years later, 180 episodes later, here we are. Wow. Yeah. Still in the game. Still in the game. Yeah. I'm a fan, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's, that's a, yeah, because we've had challenges, but we've just been consistent and the community has grown. Some of the feedback, the, I think the most valuable thing is the feedback, the way the episodes, how God has impacted people through us mm. it's not us it's we can literally we can testify there are times where we're tired where we're but somehow we just feel the strength to carry on to do it and we can finish an episode i'm like guys that was not us talking <laughs> you know that sort of thing and then you hear the feedback you're like wow god mm. yeah that's amazing and so now any regrets any enterprises or any any ideas or hats that you're taking that you feel in retrospect that you shouldn't have taken yeah there was a time where i um met a couple of very good friends um and they had a very similar vision to mine uh, and a very similar calling to to mine and i didn't take i think i rushed into it and i used my head and mm. not my spirit mm. and i put two and two together i'm like this is my same calling same vision and these guys asked me to join them 
I didn't pray about it. I'm going to be honest. I didn't pray about it. I just said, guys, let's do it. Mm. They even asked me, don't you want to go home and pray about it? And I'm like, no, 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 guys. guys <laughs> no. This is what God told me to do. Let's do it. <laughs> and I remember after that going back home and kind of feeling like, hmm, yes, it's the same vision, same whatever. But is this what God wants me to do exactly? But I brushed it off. I'm like, ah, obviously. Can you not see the alignment here? <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Yeah, we try pursue this thing and it's, it started off well, but we just started disagreeing weirdly on things. Like, we're all Christian brothers and whatever, but weirdly we're not agreeing and we're even like questioning scripture against each other. <laughs> and you're like, ah, this is not healthy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and we decided to go our separate ways. Mm. And I felt like it was a wasted two to three years but with God nothing's not wasted because the lessons learned but it's a regret where I felt like maybe if I had prayed maybe if I had consulted the Holy Spirit maybe if I had even sought counsel with other people I would have made a better decision maybe I wasn't supposed to join them but I could have helped them in another way but I felt like probably that was lost time because I literally committed a lot to that venture and then when it didn't work out I kind of had this disdain for the creative industry and I went corporate. Sure. Yeah. So I kind of lost, yeah, I kind of lost time. (laughs) More of the story. If God is not leading you there, don't go. (laughs) And so you are in the creative space um, and it's considered a secular industry. And so how do you stay true to who you are as a Christian in that kind of space? That's a difficult one, but I think um, being um, having a strong um, support framework. So I have really good friends that challenge me every day that are faith-based. We challenge each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that strong network of friends that you fellowship with every day and also being part of um, a larger community like a church that you're part of, that you get plugged in. Um, There's also that sense of accountability because Mm -hmm. in the creative sector, you're in the public sphere, you can't hide. So certain things that you do, people are going to be watching it. They can call you out and say, ah, but did, you know, so that that sort of support network is very, very important. And also being not, not in people's faces about it, but not hiding your identity in Christ in the sector. Mm. So you will find a lot of people know me that I'm a Christian. They know that I'm a pastor. They know that I have a Christian podcast. Mm. Yeah, I don't hide that. I even, If you go on my Twitter, it'll tell you all that. And, and there's a pin there on my Twitter where I'll say, I will not tire in preaching the gospel because it is the only way for the salvation of man. And if you go on my Twitter and you start following me, you'll see that. And I'm like, I, yeah, you know what I mean? I certain organizations that I started working with never told them anything and whatever. And one day we're in a meeting and this guy cusses and then he says, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot you're here. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And then it's like, yeah, I went through your social media. You're some kind of pastor, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am. But you know what I mean? Yeah. That effect. I never told them whatever. Uh, I was just 
being a creative mm-hmm. but he was so cognizant and i also saw that he was cognizant because he had noticed that number one every time this guy comes to um creative functions uh, not that drinking is actually bad but he's he doesn't drink alcohol he doesn't cuss very polite just the fruit of the spirit that he was seeing he mm. could put two and two together like if i do this it probably makes this guy comfortable so when he did it it really was irked him like no i'm not supposed this guy's going to feel uncomfortable that sort of thing so it's like i don't hide it but i don't go announcing say hey christian yeah so <laughs> no cussing no drinking alcohol or no but it's just i don't hide who i am but i don't announce it mm. you know what i mean yeah mm. so that's how i I stay and also it keeps me accountable. We're having a laugh with uh, one of my business partners the other time because there's a lady who is a, a leader in the creative circles and she wanted to say something but she says I, I need to rephrase it because of your office. And my partner and I was thinking my office like yeah 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 you're a pastor because of your office i can't i can't say what i wanted to say the way i I want to say and so it's become a running joke yeah 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 we won't say things because of your office (laughs) so it's that also keeps you accountable in that Mm. people know who you are and the the standards and the values that you stand for Mm. so if you deviate yourself yeah you become a hypocrite and yeah. yeah not that i'm perfect or whatever but you have those things that sort of keep you accountable and keep you as much as possible on the straight and narrow i hear you yeah, yeah. sometimes our lives just evangelize for us without yes. us having to say anything yeah um, that is so yeah deep. but i must say it's tough mm. because not just the creative sector just any sector as well there are certain practices that people use to get ahead mm that are contrary to Christian values and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've had to stick by our Christian values and lose out on lucrative deals. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we lose out on those deals, God brings something our way that's much, much bigger than that. And we wouldn't have to compromise any of those values. So sometimes you you feel like you've lost out, but it's nothing compared to... Like we've, we've literally lost... Like, say, for example, a $5,000 deal. And we're gutted about it because at that time, $5,000 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Only for God to bring a $200,000 contract. Like, no wow. kidding. Like, wow. three months later. That is amazing. Yeah. That is so amazing. And so, finally, um, what would you say to someone who's still trying to figure out their identity and their purpose? Um, trust God. I know it's, it's, it sounds so cliche. <laughs> it sounds like, but that's what I did. Mm. Like I said, I didn't initially just decide, you know, God has called me to this. So let me try and figure out, figure it out myself. It's to say, okay, God, you said I should do this. So I'm going to trust you. Right. Mm. And by trusting God, I'm not talking about being passive and waiting and saying, now I'm waiting for God to say now. Do a podcast. Mm. Now, write a book. Mm. No, 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 no. It's trusting God and say, okay, this is what I feel like I can do. So start looking at the things that you're good at. They are very good indicators of your purpose. Like I was saying, from an early uh, early age, I could tell that I was good at writing. 
good at making music. So those were early indicators that something creative within that industry, and that's what I'm doing now. Mm. Um, so start looking at your giftings, their indicators, and start doing stuff. Mm. Like anything that comes to mind, and this is where the trust in God comes in. Trust God to lead you as you do that. He will tell you, nope, okay, that's good. And he reinforces. And then ideas, like God doesn't tell me, start a podcast. You know what I mean? But because I was in that space and then my friend sends me a link to his, the podcast that he had been on uh, on, uh, and being interviewed on, that idea just came. Christian podcast. You know what I mean? But because I was actively doing stuff, I had, you know, started the website and I was now looking for, okay, what content, what content? And those ideas come and it's God guiding you and you you'll feel the peace in your heart when it's a god idea mm, wow yeah. that is so amazing yeah so keep thank you so cool. much for your time i hope i wasn't rambling and rambling no you weren't she said a lot of important stuff which yeah. i feel will benefit our listeners so thank you once again no it's a pleasure and so we have reached the, at the end of yet another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Goodbye and stay safe.